Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Historically, women's cycling hasn't had the support that it deserves. But like a super domestique bridging across to a breakaway, Zwift is helping close the gap and is calling on fans to watch the Femme and support the women's peloton take on the Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift. Zwift is also giving you the chance to win a VIP bike tour to watch the race live from the roadside, as well as ride some of France's most iconic roads. The Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift. For your chance to win and to have fun doing it, just join the hashtag new rules mission and ride 100 kilometres in game between now and the 15th of May. For more information on the competition or to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. And just like Christoph and Macca make this podcast fun, Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Ride on and watch the femme. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. No, welcome to the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. And uh, before we start uh, properly, uh, we will, uh, uh, you can download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on, on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport. Or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Of course, he's here. Dave McKenzie here. with me. Yeah. And we've got Kate Bates with us today. How are you, Kate? Um... Hi, I am good. I mean, I did um, suspect you may be a little bit unbearable this evening after a uh, double French You've flag wave. He's been, he's been that much unbearable, Kate. Yeah, yeah. Think yourself lucky. You're in another city, another state. Yeah. How, how have you been, Kate? You good? Yeah, good. Look, the sleep deprivation uh, training is kicking in well, I think. And I think that goes for all of the Aussie fans and anybody trying to watch along. Uh, last night didn't help, might I add. Uh, it was a little bit of a test to try and stay awake. But uh, otherwise, so far, so good this, with this Giro. Did, you, did, did either of you hear my snoring? During the stage, <laughs> no, but I, I it wasn't loud. I told Mark Renshaw, I said, "Mate, if I start making noises, just nudge me." I actually, I say, I, uh, I think I told you this, but I love the way you signed off, where you just went, "If you guys stayed up to here, well done." Oh, <laughs> well done massive done kudos, <laughs> massive kudos. It was a long stage. Yeah. You mentioned probably the longest stage that you've well, seen. the slowest. The I, slowest. I, yeah, I, Kate, you've covered many races and Grand Tours, but of the fifteen odd years I've been covering the Grand Tours. I can't think of another stage that was slower than what we witnessed last night, apart from the last 500 metres. Yeah, I agree. And very early on in the stage, I actually thought, you know, I'd walked away for a moment to make a cup of tea uh, and I came back and I thought, oh, they must still be in neutral. Uh, But then as it went, I was like, no. And then when it was like two by two, I felt like Noah's Ark must be around the corner because it was like this procession. Uh, Alas, no, no Noah's Ark. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was slow. Right, but let, let's say, okay, we got this one out of the way. There's always one. You know, we, we just got it. It's like ripping of a plaster. There has done. To, no, there, there has to be. And, and it's been this age-old argument, and it started years ago. And, and you know, and I, I don't like to talk about it, but just as a reference point, you know, the, the, the journalists and the fans, we go, oh, well, they're going slow, boring. This is ridiculous. And, you know, you criticise cyclists when the sport went through a really bad uh, time with the drugs. Yeah. So then we clean up the sport. They're not robots. They're human beings. Mm. And, and what we're seeing now, they're human beings. And I think not even the, the small wildcard teams that we're used to seeing attacking Kate, um, they were happy to have a day off, uh, apart from the, the one rider, the one sole rider. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Let's, Let's have a look at uh, what happens at the end. The only pretty much interesting part of, uh, of that stage. <laughs> Jeez, we're not so... painting a good picture, are we? 
It's yesterday. It's yesterday. <laughs> but it wasn't a great picture, to be honest. Uh, but let's have a look at this sprint. Maka, take us through this. Yeah, look, it, it was your classic uh, Giro d'Italia sprint. The last corner, believe it or not, came 100 kilometres to go. There was a left-hand bend, though, in the last few hundred. You can see them jostling. Morku's got Cavendish on the wheel. Caleb's on the wheel. You see the guys move out to the right. We'll talk about that later. Caleb, at this point, you think is in the perfect position. Second wheel. Damari's on him. Biniam Gourmet behind. Caleb decides to go. He goes wide. Demar goes the long way home, and it is the throw on the line. I'm not sure what it said officially, but it's literally one or two millimetres. Yeah. When you look at the photo finish, there it is. The guy closest to us, that's Demar. He wins the stage. I mean, it doesn't get any more heartbreaking for Caleb, and it doesn't get any closer than that. And Demar did a, a nice little tweet uh, yesterday saying the amount of teamwork, pain, sweat, fears, tears in that millimetre. This is exactly what went in that millimetre yesterday. Kate, it, Demar, you got to give it to him. It was flawless. Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually thought the whole sprint was a bit odd. I felt like everybody mistimed it. Uh, and if anything, I think Demar kind of... Uh, capitalised on the fact that especially Lotto mistimed it, quick step were nowhere to be seen, they were all over the shop. Uh, but I had to laugh at Caleb's um, throw, his bike throw, because, you know, we were all thinking it, like, sucks to have short arms at that point, doesn't it? Well, he, you he, know? Said it, he, <laughs> he said it himself. He said it himself. That's the tweet from him yesterday. I need some longer arms. Uh, can we help? I don't know. Demar's bike would be a few inches longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let alone. Um, he, he'd, he'd be he, he, no doubt disappointed. The difference between winning and you know second is the first loser, we say, yeah. in cycling, which is pretty brutal, but it's, it's a fact. But it, I think he, there'd be a part of him, Kate, that is content that he was beaten fair and square by a quicker guy in the end, as close as it was. Caleb's confidence would have lifted a bit because he's had a rough trot until until this stage. Now, finally, we're starting to see that Caleb's legs are actually pretty good. It, it was, you know, it was a millimetre between uh, him coming second and winning the stage. I do, and uh, we've just got our youngest little Giro fan has just walked in. Oh, so good so. stuff. It, it, feels like <laughs> it, it feels like we're on the BBC all over again, you know? I know. <laughs> She's I know, in yellow as well. <laughs> Where's the maid? Where's the maid? <laughs> exactly. Somebody to run in and go. Uh, no, but spot on, Macker. And I thought what is a bit interesting, actually, I started thinking about the advantages that Caleb has versus, you know, what Demar may have in the final push. And... You know, arguably Caleb's more aerodynamic because he's smaller. Uh, he certainly gets a little bit more windbreak uh, because of that. He's a little bit lighter because of his frame. So I think that he does actually have a whole heap of advantages himself out on the road. And if the one that he doesn't have is the throw, I mean, let's yeah. remember that he can fit into gaps that DeMar cannot fit through. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's easy to look at the throw and say, ah, oh, he should have won that, but... You know, not on the balance of things. No, so, no, so, it's a good point. That's so good what point. do we think of Demar in the jersey? Uh, you know, there's not that many stages left for sprinters. There's a few. Uh, but he's got a fair good advantage now and a good strong goal on the jersey. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got two. Anything that comes now is a bonus. I think he will He'll keep thinking any flat stage he's going to go for. But I think he'll start to focus on the intermediate sprints. Yeah. I think he'll actually really start to focus on the intermediate sprints on those non-sprint stages. So if there's a sprint early on, 
he'll go all out for it. Yeah, it's just just to make up the points, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, keep extending that advantage. Yeah, uh, and he really wants that that jersey because uh, he's won it last year. And Scottson said to us in between, uh, just before the Giro started, to an interview I did with him, he said, uh, "We'll start with one win in Neymar because he hasn't won anything last year or this year since the beginning of the yep. year." But once the floodgate opens, we'll see what we go for the jersey or not. Now, it'd be interesting to see what's the, the rhetoric now today in a team. Are they now targeting something openly, the jersey? They're, well, they're having bottles of champagne for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it right, Christophe, that he's won more stages than any other Frenchman in the history of the Giro? Is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I think there, so. I, yes, I believe he's either equal. Seven, I believe it is the best. Yeah, he's equal to Uncle Teal. And you know, maybe I heard it in the in the French commentary. My mm. French isn't that good. That's when we needed you. <laughs> but no, he's either equaled or surpassed <laughs> because Jeff Kinney made the point to him, okay, and said, I think he said he's he's, he's surpassed them. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so too. Yeah, it's impressive. When you look at uh, how many French riders won the Giro as well, you and I were astonished to know there's only three. Yeah, that, and only two mm. Spaniards that won the Giro ever. Crazy. <laughs> so it's not a race that it. So is it a record? Yes. Is it a record, you know, significant? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, not sure another fun fact sure. for you, though, Christoph, is that he won the fastest ever Giro stage uh, yep. in one of his sprint wins. So at 53-odd kilometres an hour, uh, I reckon now he's won the slowest. So, you know, a good bookend. Yeah, That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Bookending book, book the, the story. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the – there's been a little incident as well with, uh, with uh, Gavria. Uh he just can't get a break at a minute. Oh, he can't get a break. Yeah, look, he, he was – let's let's look at him here. You can see him in the white colours there trying to move up. The DSM riders, two riders. He goes to overtake the DSM rider. So he's thinking clearly. But what happens – let's watch it again. Kate, the one in front swings to get out of the way as he's overtaking, and that's it. If he had have flicked underneath him, he would have been fine. He actually would have been in front of Caleb at that point. Like, that's just luck of the draw. That's, I don't think that's bad, bad intuition. I think it's just actually bad luck for Gavidia. He's, and he's allowed to be super frustrated, but it's, it's, um, I felt for him. Mm, I have a slightly different spin on it, but only because, um, said with all due respect, I think he's a bit of a douche canoe. Like, I don't really like his manner. And the, What's a douche canoe? Know, yeah. <laughs> What's a douche <laughs> canoe in Queensland? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it, it's it's not a uh, nice thing to say about okay. somebody. So you think you he's you think he's sort of been a spoilt little brat or? I do. A bit of a... I mean, the the banging on the bike and the swearing yeah. about it, and I mean, even from a professionalism point of view, you can only imagine the team going bananas on uh, control to try and keep that under wraps. But he's kind of desperate. So you're right in one way that he can't catch a break. But because he's so hot-headed, he's just not putting himself in the right positions. He's almost, I think, if he just calmed down a bit, it would. And I think that's because he's got this really fiery personality. He's a little bit, dare I say, Buhani in the way he kind of throws himself around and doesn't make a lot of friends on the way. But, but does, does that motivate him? to find a solution or is that going to pollute his head and he's not going to do anything like it's, zero? No, I think you're, you're right, Katie. It's polluting his head. It's funny, Mark Renshaw said he's actually a quiet, 
quiet sort of guy in, yeah. in normal, but, you know, you flick the switch when you go to sprint mode and things aren't going his way. And so now he's just getting more frustrated each mm. time. And he knows each time a sprint stage is complete, if he doesn't win, it is one less chance. And in the Giro, as we know, historically, there's less chances really than the other two. Um, so it's got to be something in the Kyrgios Hackett. Time's running out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find ways to explain oh, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting, Maka, too, because if he is a really nice, quiet guy, potentially when he finds himself in this situation, and especially at the end of a race and he's fatigued, and it's almost as though his emotional regulation has gone out the window. And so he then doesn't know how to bring it back because he yeah. doesn't really experience that in anything but that moment. And I think it needs to be a really conscious choice to address that in the same way that, you know, Chris Froome addressed his fear of descending and all that sort of stuff. Um, because if he is a really nice guy, then I don't know, he's not coming across like that in the final couple of hundred metres. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, and i tell you what, one other thing, incredible skills that he held it up. I don't know how he held it up and the other <laughs> DSM rider. <laughs> it's crazy. We've seen worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Binyam Girme now because he's been pretty impressive on this uh, on this Giro. We knew the lead-up was great for him, uh, and we can you know debate about his position. But let's let's have a look at this intermediate sprint first. Look at the kick of Demar opens up the afterburners, and Gourmet is quick, but he doesn't have the raw horsepower of Demar. He's coming back towards him. Demar holds on. Yeah, he got oh, him. He, he got him in the I, end. I actually thought he got wow, him. Wow, I did yeah. not expect that. He's, it's deceptive how quick he is mm. because he doesn't look like the build of a sprinter. No. He is a star. So, question for you both. Uh, when do we stop saying he's not a pure sprinter? Because he's, he's, he's the next best thing. He might not be Caleb. He might not be, but he's just in between. Well, he's not a pure. I'll say he's not a pure, but... I think we have to. There's a. I think we can stop being surprised by him, Kate. Yeah. When you win Gent Wevelgem, um, you know. I think post Gent Wevelgem, we expected him to do something, but he, he's knocking on the door of a win, and I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I think he's kind of like a Matthew Vanderpool in the way that he can sprint. Like you put him in the right position, and he can absolutely outkick the best of them. But you wouldn't compare him to the style of rider of Caleb or, you know, Andre Greipel in the past, Marcel Kittel, these really pure sprinters that we see. He's certainly not like that, uh, but not to say that he won't win as many, if not more, of these stages along the way. I mean, I think he's really exciting. And mm. people have spoken about him a lot since he was a junior because he was the only one that beat um, Evenepoel as a junior because okay, wow. Remco just won everything, except a couple of times he did get beaten uh, by Gourmet, and so people have known for a long time that he's had a lot of talent, but his pathway has been very different, as have his opportunities, uh, yeah. let's be honest. But he's obviously found a wonderfully supportive environment within that team. He's signed long term, and you know, they're just supporting him, and it's really working. Yeah, and they are rubbing their hands together. Just <laughs> Mark, Mark Renshaw made the point, and he's, I think, he's spot on. And I didn't really think more deep about it until he said it. He said. I wish he hadn't have signed for five years. He yeah. said they would have sweet-talked him and he could have held out and waited and got a bigger contract. But as we know, he's from Eritrea. Um, and who knows what sort of contract they've offered him. Yeah. 
But I think eventually he'll get his contract will be bought out. But, but he also shows that that team again. We talked about uh, Intermarché wanted team, but how much progress they've made ah, with Tarim, kudos to him. You know, kudos like this to team him. is the yeah, revelation yeah, yeah, in the totally. last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, let's listen from Biniam Germe. Of course, uh, until the last 20k, it's really easy. But in the end, was amazing. You know, a lot of fighting, nervous everybody. But our team is did a good job. They dropped me until uh, 700 meters. So was amazing job it's headwind and then yeah of course it's uh demar is one of the fastest even caleb but i was in a good position almost but i also break two times but in the end uh, was yeah of course they are faster than me you never told him that you don't win a race by breaking <laughs> <laughs> he'll find out, he'll he'll find out. Well, just and when out. he does look out <laughs> because he'll put the brakes in the back pocket and that'll be it but it's exciting, you're right. It's exciting about cycling. It's yeah. exciting about... Uh, and again, he, I see him as a disruptor. Yes, he's not yeah. a, uh, a pure sprinter, but he's the guy that can actually cause a bit of disruption in a pure sprint, something that is led to be... We all look at a, the, the route and say, this is going to be a pure sprint. Well, he's the sort of guy that can actually... A bit like, yeah, a bit like Michael Matthews. And, and he's fending pretty good because he's pretty much on his own. He, yeah. he gets a couple of teammates to take him to a certain point, but then he just wheel surfs. And, you know, against... Two, three of the big teams, like big, big teams uh, in Group Armour, Lotto and Quickstep. And he will surf all right. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look at the classification now of uh, this Giro uh, after seven stages. So uh, uh, Juan uh, Pedro Lopez is still uh, in the pink jersey. We'll hear uh, from him in a second. But we've got Cam now as well, which could play a very big card tonight. And we'll, we'll talk about, uh, about him in a second as well. Uh, and Tarami, again, Intermarché won't go back here on the podium, on the virtual yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. current podium. And Simon Yates is fourth. And again, I keep saying it, but uh, in the second part of the top 10, you still have Kelderman, Almeida, uh, and we've got Richie Porte, ninth, and Bardet. 10th as well. This is exciting. Oh, it's it's a totally open race at the moment, Kate. I mean, I, we, we've, we've, we have, all we've had is Etna, and it mm. was one climb, one summit finish, but we all know the biggest biggest and best stages are, are still to come. It, it's pretty horrible what's to come, to be honest. I mean, it you know, at some point, I think everybody will be revisiting the Mark Cavendish uh, strategy debate and whether or not he should try and make the finish of the Giro. But that aside, the next flat stage isn't until Reggio Emilia and that looks kind of like a billiard table that's so flat. But in the meantime, there is no flat. It is such hard terrain coming up. And, I, you know, I think even tonight's stage from Diamante to Patenza is the first really big test. But I reckon, Maka, you remember at the tour last year where we kept seeing these incredible breakaways go and a lot of the time they were just chasing the KOM points and we actually had quite a lot of fun with these names that we may not have known beforehand. And I have a feeling that we might get some local heroes uh, from the Italian teams trying to do that as well. But Leonard Kamner, I think he's pretty dedicated to keeping that KOM jersey to the end and that might come through a lot of breakaway efforts. And I think he's, uh, he's eyeing another colour tonight, but we'll talk about yeah, that. Uh, yeah, about so he's, yeah, he has to make a decision, I think, <laughs> uh, at least for tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's listen from the uh, current leader of the Giro d'Italia. Why is the peloton so slow? Ah, uh, I don't know, but for sure I enjoy the day. But uh, I don't know, we go slow, uh, maybe because everybody knows Today uh, uh, we arrived to the sprint, uh, it's all under control, the sprinter team have all under control, 
we go like this. It can be a very different stage tomorrow. Would yeah, it be sure. hard to defend? Yeah, for sure tomorrow is, is a more hard stage. Uh, but I, uh, the team, we are we are ready for, for the stay. We, we hope, though, we... I hope to do my 100% and we will see what happens. All the best. Thank you. He's lovely. I think he's, he's been fun to have him on the <laughs> he's, on he's, a, he's a yapper. Every time the camera was on him yesterday, I tell you what, he was burning nervous energy because he was always yapping. He was yeah. always like, he's like a little Jack Russell. <laughs> uh, and I say it as a term of endearment, but he was. And he was because we were laughing in the commentary how... That that uh, stage to Etna, he was the one immediately when they got away. He was like, right, oh, no, come on, let's go. Venga, venga, vamos, 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 vamos. And then remember, uh, Kalmajan got across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalmajan was the last guy to get across, Kate. The second he got across, Pedro was like, come on, come on, start working, start working. <laughs> it's like, mate, cool with Jets. Give him a minute, yeah. <laughs> he, but, hey, no, he's great. I think he's great for the race, great for the jersey. And, again, it's... You talk about these new names, Kate. Really, he's one of them. He's the next gen yeah. that's coming through now that, who knows, he could be fighting for that jersey in a few years' time at the back end of the race. So he's definitely learning. He's yes. learning about being a leader. Yeah. Also, the team, uh, you know, they've got Giacone, uh for, for Trek, but it's good for, for the team for av having him there. Yeah. And he's doing all the press duties and so on. So he's, he's, he's actually helping everybody. Oh, At yeah. the minute, he's helping everyone in this peloton. Yes. And all of the, all of the main, the main uh, contenders, they, yeah. they love having him. Oh, Yates is happy. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Yates is happy. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, let's have a look at the, the profile uh, tonight of what is ahead of us. Uh, it's a little bumpy, Maka. It is very <laughs> bumpy. 1,400 metres twice. Kate, it's not the big, big mountains. They're into the Apennines. Not a, an area that the Giro goes to often, but they've been here in the past, just not a lot. Um, as you mentioned, Diamante to Potenza, 196 kilometres. These are the exciting stages uh, that I like because it's going to be full of attacks. You could throw a blanket, I think, over 50-odd riders for the potential stage win and still be mm. wrong. That's what. I, whereas a mountaintop finish, you'll pick 10 riders. I think I like these stages. I think they they deliver so much. Yeah, oh, look, speaking of which, maybe I missed the memo on the uh, tipping competition for this one, um, but I'm pretty happy if I did because I don't think that I would be very accurate uh, for a stage <laughs> like coming up tonight. Uh, but it's nearly 5,000 metres of vertical climbing in less mm. than 200K. It doesn't matter that there is no Mount Etna, Mount Vesuvius, any other volcanoes that you can throw out there. It is going to be really tough, but it is a really good stage for breakaways because it is a really good stage for teams who are hunting perhaps that pink it's good for the stage for the teams who don't want the pink yet um i'm looking at bike exchange there and gates like they don't want to have to defend it with what's coming up but it would be better and more preferable if a break did go uh, and i think there'll be a lot of competing strategies out there i, I really would say that this is going to be one of the better stages of the whole Giro. And look, they better deliver because after last night, people, it's like yeah. one last chance, guys. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you only get one chance. Uh... So if, if we have to tip on this one, uh, who do we see other than Kamna going for this one? Uh, talking about Kamna, just the strategy behind a team like Bora, 
we talked about uh, uh, here in a pod before, but uh, Kate, it would be interesting to, to hear your thoughts on this, the fact that they've got three leaders, uh, including Jai Hinley. Uh, this, the time will, and, and uh, the legs will decide who's the leader, but having also someone like Kabna that can actually bring the jersey in a team, some good vibe, but not the vibe where you want them on the shoulders of the rider, you want them as your leader. Uh, could this be a strategy for Bora? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if we are going to make picks for tonight, I would definitely look at Joe Hindley because I think that he's got the legs to do it. Uh, of course, Kelderman, we can't look past him. I don't know that they'd want Kemner to take the jersey tonight. I think he can, but I'm not sure that that's the best thing for that team. And the other thing we need to look at is with DeMar winning the last two days, they sent a team of I think I heard somebody describe them as bisons and I thought that was perfect. They are all like their lightest rider is 70-odd kilos. They're all very tall lads. They sent a team to win sprints. I don't imagine a lot of them will enjoy the next two weeks um, after what's already happened. But then if you look at teams like Bora, this is where they start to get excited. You know, it's like survive Mm. until this point and then this is where you get going so we can look at the start list and say there's 200 riders out there but actually there's a lot of teams who just have no interest uh in the next couple of days they'll just be surviving to get through it and i think that changes the dynamics as well I think Miles Scottson told us in a, an interview before also that it's quite for them it's okay to have a, a, a stage that is bumpy. What they don't want is a flat stage that finish on the top mountain or having, having something tried at the end because this is where they can actually lose a lot of time. But if it's bumpy this way, then the time gap will be there for everybody. So it's probably easier for them to navigate this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> while you guys were talking, I'm, I'm looking at the start list. I'm trying to pick a winner. It's... and. Uh, yeah, I'm with both of you. I think it's a hard one to pick. I will go with a, a breakaway. I don't think they'll win by much, but I'm going, I'm going to pick one of the EF riders. Uh-huh. EF, easy, coast. Caicedo, Camargo, guys like that yeah, can okay. climb. Not the best climbers, but they can climb. I think it's going to be a rider like that. Um, whether or not Kamna can get clear, because I think Trek, if they can, they'll try and keep that jersey. They'll fight for it. Lopez will want to fight for it yeah, himself. Yeah. But can they? Can they? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what about Quid of uh, Thomas de Ghent? Is that something for <laughs> Thomas de Ghent today? We always have to bring oh, it no. I think it's too hard. <laughs> I think uh-huh. it's, yeah. I'm t- it's too hard, but he's won on the Stelvio and Von too. Like, what an idiot. Shut up, David. Um, <laughs> no, he can win. He can win. I'll take it back. He can win, definitely. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's such a funny guy, isn't he? I particularly liked the like shade that he was throwing people when they dared to attempt or even come up yes. near him yesterday <laughs> because he's yeah. so funny on social media and you get this feeling that he's this really nice, funny guy. And then you see these death looks that he was throwing out. I was like, okay, he's on a bit of a mission there. Uh, but I want to throw another name out there, um, Aronsman from DMC, DSM yeah. because he's just signed for Ineos because They've clearly seen something in him that people haven't really noticed yet. I mean, we know he's a good bike rider and we know he's solid, but I don't think anybody has necessarily thought Ineos would try and poach him for GC, which is, you know, what I think they've done. They've got a big highlighter over him for a GC rider. And that could just give him a big boost of confidence and um, and also kind of nothing to lose. So he might be somebody else that is looking to yeah. be proactive. Good, good pick. 
He was third in Tour of the Alps, which is the big build-up to the Giro final mm -hmm. race. Sixth in Torino. He's 22, 68 kilograms and 190 centimetres. Someone's pulled up the stats on this computer. Uh, yeah. No, no, that was just all I did. But what a, yeah, he's a good pick, uh, Kate. I'm, I'm slightly upset and yeah, probably now. The, win, the, the willingness <laughs> to show, you know, the willingness to show that you know, Ineos made a good choice. Yeah, they might just, yeah. they might just want to to display that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, I think that's all for we have for the De Giro. But there's another tour uh, going on. It's in Hungary. Uh, so Hungary, tour de Hungary, uh, in the ASO terms. Uh, and funnily enough, of course, we know the Giro started in Hungary, and some of the team, uh, as a fact, they left their mechanics, they left their team, and they already had the second part of their team in Italy. So they didn't have to move around because Very the tour of Hungary. Smart. Very smart. Logistically, that's genius. DSM did this, for example. Did they left of the mechanics in Hungary. They had a little bit of a break. This was stage two yesterday in Hungary. Let's have a look at what happened. And it was a bit chaotic. Let's see now how, who will have the best legs, who will have the best positioning for the, for the end. You could see Luka Mesgitz looking for Kronewegen. Uh, oh, oh, what a fall, what a fall, what a fall. What a shame, what happened there. I think Elia Viviani was stopped there. He's one of the riders who didn't manage to, to go through. There is uh, Fabio Jacobs and there is also another quick step rider riding here. Let's see, Rudy Barbier is now shouldering for, for some space. Great ride, great preparation for from the quick step riders. It's everything is open for Fabio Jakobsen, and maybe that's this will be an easy, easy job for Fabio Jakobsen. Easy, easy job for Fabio Jakobsen. 48.1 kilometers per hour average speed on 192 kilometers long stage. What else can be said? Hey, Maka, what else can we say? That was quick. <laughs> it was quick, and I hope the guy that headed off went bush is okay yeah. i hope they're all okay it's, we never like to see crashes but um but let, let's have a quick look at this yeah we, yeah we see this a rider that is very lucky to have gone in between the trees because yeah. that's that could have been quite nasty yeah extremely uh, lucky and the commentator mentioned ali viviani yeah. i did a quick check viviani's okay uh, he either got stuck behind it but he didn't come off um so that that's good news and i hope the rest are okay but jakobson winning kate <laughs> Jakobsen winning, it fuels the debate. It just keeps fueling the debate for what, us, doesn't what, what it? What debate? What debate? You don't know the debate. Who's going to the tour? Who's going to the tour? What's your it's take? Exactly. On? Yeah, it's what I thought, and it, you can't help but think that they absolutely haven't made a choice. That they're pitting them against each other to some degree. And on one hand, from a PR perspective, it would be a no-brainer to take Cavendish to the tour because of, you know, the record and all that sort of stuff. On the other hand, it would be a PR dream to take Jakobsen to the tour and support him to win a stage, which he definitely could, mm. especially with what he's been through. So I think that they're kind of blessed with choice. Uh, but Jakobsen taking a victory and Cav very clearly missing some opportunities... I don't think that'll go unnoticed. But I also have to say that for Jakobsen to win in that situation after he would have been able to hear what was happening behind in terms, you know, Mac, like the noise mm. in that kind of crash is overwhelming. Yeah, it's not a good sound, is it? It is yeah. not a good sound. It just shows how tough he is because he has been through the ringer 
I would imagine he'd carry a lot of trauma about uh, his own accident. To be able to keep going and to win in that kind of fashion with that happening, to a degree, I reckon, and I'm really interested in your thoughts on this, guys, I think Quick Step know that he's quick, but there's a part of them that is absolutely wondering whether he's emotionally robust enough, whether they need to protect him a little bit more before really throwing him uh, in the really big ones like the tour again. Uh, and these little tests, every time he does something like this, they go, okay, we can back him. Uh, he's robust. And I don't know, I, yeah. it might be unpopular. Uh, cue the hate mail, no, but I'd, uh, I'd take Jakobsen. Yeah, I I think they're totally fine with him. I don't think there's they have an issue or it's in the back of their mind whether he's whether he's mentally right. He's talked about it and said, and we know we sort of know this, it's been documented, he doesn't remember a thing from the crash. Doesn't remember a thing. And that, that actually helps, doesn't it? When when um you know, he's aware obviously of what happened to him, he knows exactly, but he doesn't remember mm. a thing. So he's but, good to go. He won three in the Volta last year. I, I still um, think that the decision will not be taken necessarily on form. Well, Mark Mark Renshaw yeah. has said, he said it twice. He said it in comms and then he said off mic last night, he said 100% he's convinced they will let it, it'll, it'll play out and it'll decide for themselves. He said it'll be illness or injury that will make the decision. That's what Mark Renshaw thinks. And I mean... He's a guy who's, yeah, you know, been there. That, it, that was his bubble. That was his game, the sprinting game. And he thinks it'll sort itself out. Okay. So, he's, but the he's closer got, we get. <laughs> he's got faith in the system. Guess, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Kate, for you, you know Cav as well. Uh, how do you think he was feeling yesterday, seeing Jakobson winning? Will he be, yes, I'm 100% part of the Wolfpack. Brilliant. Awesome for the Wolfpack. Or is he going to be him missing out yesterday and then Jakobson winning somewhere else? Does that pinch a bit, someone like Cavendish? Good question. A, a week ago, I would have said, no, it doesn't pinch. Uh, but yesterday, they missed a big opportunity. Um, they were a bit of a dog's breakfast, their lead out. They had a couple of riders on the left, a couple of riders on the right. They got divided and broken up. They didn't do a great job. So I think until this point, Cav has been like, I am on the best team. They do not let me down. It is all good. That in itself yesterday would have put a bit of you know, frustration in his mind. Double that up with Jakobsen winning. And I reckon he would have gone to bed with a few little demons to quieten. But he is, he is the survivor. I mean, we saw that last year. So I, I wouldn't take it too seriously. But I also think we need to consider, and with everything Redshaw said, I don't disagree with that, Maka, at all. Uh, but I think they need to be careful about pitting them against each other and mm -hmm. the media around it and how much it's being us and them, it doesn't create a really good environment necessarily because it also flows onto the team. So it's not just about Jakobsen and Cavendish. It's now about their lead out guys and are they doing a good enough job? And yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that's a really great performance mindset to go into something like the tour with. No, totally. But totally. does Patrick Lefebvre cares? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah, he cares about the sponsorship, the money. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the more we talk about the team, the more he cares. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I think yeah. this is the end of the podcast. So we have a, a stage on tonight. Big uh, one. Looking forward to it. It's uh, on demand and it's on air. You will get the World Feed commentary if you're watching because SBS is also showing Eurovision. It's all over. Yeah, it's happening everywhere. Eurovision is on. Eurovision is in Italy.
guess what? It's in Italy. Oh, so beautiful. If you like a song, if you still like... Bellissimo. It's a, it's a bit of an Italian theme at the minute. <laughs> but, uh, that's okay. Don't worry. It's going to turn to France anytime soon. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, this was... Thank you, Kate. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. See you tomorrow, Kate. This was the uh, Zwift uh, SBS podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport, or log a ride with our friend at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Well, hopefully the Giro is inspiring you to ride and has you eagerly awaiting the Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift. Watching the first women's Tour de France for more than 30 years as part of the Couch Peloton will be great, but it would be even better to be in France. And Zwift is giving you the chance to do exactly that as part of a VIP bike tour. Just join the hashtag new rules mission and ride 100 kilometres in game between now and the 15th of May for your chance to be at a historic Tour de France and welcome a new era of women's cycling. For more information on the competition or to start riding and discover how Zwift makes indoor training fun with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Thanks for watching or listening while you're riding on Zwift. Ride on and watch the Femme.